an idea. The Avengers Initiative. I'm gonna do this all day. I'm a superhero. I come to bargain. I love you, please, Harrison. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You should have gone for the head. And I. Why is Gamora? Iron Man. We are. and welcome to another special edition of Marvel Standom. I'm your host, Kirsten Howard. Way back at San Diego Comic-Con, Den of Geek spoke with a bunch of talented comic book writers from Marvel, and one of them was Jerry Duggan, writer of many important X-Men books over the years. Currently, he's working on Fall of X, which is a catastrophic event for the mutants. But he spoke with Mike about all sorts of X-Men news, including a little bit about one of my favorite superheroes, Firestar. It's a big year for the X-Men, but before I turn that interview over to Mike, we have a brief message brought to you by our sponsor, eBay. eBay is the premier destination for collecting comics both old and new. Whether it's that highly sought-after iconic comic or an obscure niche that speaks directly to you, odds are you'll certainly find it on eBay. Here's a list of comics that are must-haves for any fan of Jerry Duggan or the X-Men. Deadpool 1 after spending time making independent comics, including the Eisner-nominated image series The Infinite Horizon, Jerry Duggan started his Marvel work with a relaunch of Deadpool, co-written by his frequent collaborator, comedian Brian Posen. Duggan and Posen take full advantage of the absurdity invited by the Merc with a mouth, pitting Deadpool against not only kaiju, but also the reanimated corpses of American presidents, such as Harry S. Truman and Franklin Roosevelt. X-Men 1 Duggan had quite the challenge ahead of him when he took over on the main X-Men book, the first to follow Jonathan Hickman's status quo-changing run. While Duggan leaves in place the concept set up by Hickman, keeping the increased scrutiny endured by Marvel's Merry Mutants after establishing their own sovereign nation on the living island Krakoa, he also returns to the team's old-fashioned hero roots. Duggan's team consists of mainstays Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Rogue, and Polaris, alongside less common members, such as the Laura Kinney X-23, former Generation X member Sync, and the arrogant Japanese mutant Sunfire. This comic book run truly restores old-school superheroes in the age of Krakoa. Uncanny X-Men 193 Angela Jones, the mutant known as Firestar, made her Marvel Universe debut in Uncanny X-Men 193 as one of the Hellions, the evil counterparts to the new mutants. But 80s kids already knew Firestar as the second of Spidey's pals in the animated series Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, the counterpart to fellow mutant Iceman. Since coming into the Marvel Universe, she's gone on to be an occasional X-Man and more frequently an Avenger. Thanks to writer Chris Claremont, none of that expectation weighs down Firestar during her first appearance alongside the Hellions. She has a simple and clear arc, ending with a reaffirmation of the Professor's dream for young mutants. The same cannot be said of the rest of the issue, which continues storylines over 100 issues old, often touched on without much explanation. But that's the joy of reading X-Men comics at the height of Claremont's powers. Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, 129 
The White Queen Emma Frost has been one of the major players in the Krakoa era and only becomes more important under Duggan's tenure, as she'll be marrying none other than Tony Stark, the invincible Iron Man. Frost's character development over the past 45 years has been among the most interesting in comics, starting with her first appearance as a leader of the villainous Hellfire Club. Written by Claremont and penciler John Byrne, 1979's Uncanny X-Men 129 takes place in the Dark Phoenix saga, when the evil mastermind begins mentally manipulating the newly returned Jean Grey, unwittingly unlocking the destructive force of the Phoenix. Byrne's distinctive character designs prove the perfect match for Claremont's signature soap opera approach, making The White Queen's debut one of the best stories in a legendary comic book run. New X-Men 132 The Fall of X chronicles the end of the Krakoa era, in which humanity strikes back at the mutants for having the temerity to insist upon their rights. But it's hardly the first time humanity has sought to destroy the mutant population, even when they escape to their own island. Most notably, the mutants reformed the once oppressive nation of Genosha into a sovereign nation under the leadership of Magneto. And of course, the humans destroyed it. As part of Grant Morrison's defining new X-Men run, New X-Men 132 explores the ruins of Genosha after the humans attack, and the beginning of Magneto's deification, a key part of the Scottish writer's pop culture approach. New X-Men 132 shows both the tragedy and resilience of the mutants. Head on over to ebay.com today to start or expand your collection. And now back to the show. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Den of Geek Studio. I'm Mike Cicchini, and with me, I have Mr. Jerry Duggan, writer of X-Men and many other amazing titles throughout Marvel history, but we're mostly talking X-Men today, right, Jerry? What do you think? I would love to talk X-Men. We're, uh, that's the, <clears throat> it's a big summer for the X-Men. Uh, Emma Frost likes to throw a state function called the Hellfire Gala, and this year's is a little bit different. You've been writing X-Men since, what, 2021? Well, I mean, the, the core X-Men book, I should say. Like, I, I knifed Jonathan in the back and took his job around then, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, just as an X-Men fan, that was the comic. I knew exactly what day that comic would drop on the calendar. I think New Comic Book Day back then was on Tuesdays. I knew when that issue was there, I would go out, I would wait. Uh, at Steve's Sweet Shop in Hohokus, New Jersey. I grabbed my comic, and when Jonathan told his story, when he brought to the editorial retreat um, House of X and Powers of Ten, it just blew me away. And then I realized when he got to the end that it was an invitation. It was this fertile new story that was going to run like an operating system for this new, um, new all new, all different X-Men. Uh, to be a part of any of it was beyond my wildest uh, imagination. I'm really, um, uh, you know, I, I grew up to have the, my dream job. And last year's Hellfire Gala was, you know, kind of it was a big turning point in your run. Introduced another new, um, you know, another new lineup for that core team. And within that lineup, this is where I just, th th this is where I really kind of fell in love with the book all over again is... Firestar, who I don't think has ever been explored in as much depth as she has in the last year of X-Men. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. It was a real gift. The the fun thing as a writer is 
oftentimes it's just a collaboration between writer artist or writer editor artist or you know inside of a line so to be able to include the fans as a sort of a randomized boggle content that would come up and go oh firestar i wouldn't have chosen that and for anyone that has read this year's gala firestar's inclusion is so important now and it would never have happened without that wild card beat and so I discovered things I loved about Firestar and boy, are we going to make her life really dangerous moving on. I mean, she had such an awesome moment just a couple of issues ago with that Sentinel, that adamantium skeleton Sentinel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the most badass moment in Firestar history. Good. I'm, I'm, yeah, it was so much fun. And when you, uh, Josh Kassara uh, drew that issue and I said, look, we never know how much time we get with these characters or with the, with the title. This has to be a moment for her to step out on the stage. And what we tried to do in X-Men with Pepe and Josh from year one to year two, give every mutant a, a chance to take center stage and save the world and be the coolest character in the world. And uh, I'm glad that that you, that you called that one out because that was one that, um, I, again, I just, I love the kind of bouncy ball collaboration between all of these different elements. You know, I feel we are very much of the same generation. And I, I, I have to ask, I mean, putting Firestar and Iceman on the same team together, there has to be like a little, little like Jerry Duggan of, you know, your childhood whispering Absolutely. in your ear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we did uh, have a, um, we tied in with a Spider-Man event called um, uh, Dark Web. And in it, um, it was a chance to borrow a little Spider-Man. And the true gift, this was Phil Noto and Rod Reese. We um, had them team up and it went terribly and they accidentally set the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree on fire and in world in the 616 they decided we must never team up again <laughs> and that was a true joy to sort of see this alternate reality but it was we talk about this and I was on a Marvel panel uh, earlier today we talk about how you get into comics and everyone has their own different on-ramp uh, ours was a spinner rack um, someone else's might be X-Men, uh, the X-Men cartoon in the 90s, and that's coming back again. Someone else's might be the Hellfire Gala. There are a lot of new readers. Those are going to be really cool kids. Those are going <laughs> to be cool kids, you know? And so we have to offer as many different ways into what I think is the best fandom in the world. Um, and to be a, a part of that, both as a fan and as a creator, and I hope as a good collaborator, it really brings uh, joy. It, you know, the, the old uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon loomed large. Like that, that was something um, that we only really had in, uh, on the TV. And then to be able to reflect that in the comics in a new way was fun. Starting with John Hickman and now once again with your book, Sink has been just like this incredibly central figure to the X-Men. Is there something about this character that you think makes him so essential? Or is there another big story coming with him that will cement him as like one of the iconic X-Men of all time? I hope he's there. I think what um, Jonathan and Mo uh, 
uh, Mahmoud Asrar did with the vault story made that that's a two part comic book that will stand, I think, as tall as Days of Future Past. So I got to be just a fan and appreciate uh, both uh, Laura Kinney and Sink in a in a in a new way, and boy did that inspire me to tell, I think my most heartbreaking story with them. <laughs> so uh, uh, Fall of X is here. Um, we've been teasing this for a while. We often jealously guard our story, but we have to give things away to to make people excited. I don't mind telling you that we're we're here to break hearts and that's really the gold standard for what we want out of the relationship between, you know, uh, what we're creating and, and how it is, uh, taken into the world. We really want you to feel something. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's, uh, it's pain. Um, but, but we love these characters and we just have to put them through our paces and, um, you know, sync is a very important part of this. And, uh, he was so important that Scott and Gene felt like at this year's hellfire gala, that they could actually step back from the X-Men and then work on themselves. And that's also, I think something that might resonate with people who are coming out of years of, of very difficult existence of solitude and COVID and knowing that they had to set boundaries between work and, and their personal lives. And so um, everyone is getting a real big cut of meat to deal with in Fall of X and, and, and Sink and, and Talon. Um, their adventure continues from the vault. They're actually the most experienced X-Men now. Uh, 500 years in the vault puts them light years ahead of, of Scott and Gene. Fall of X is uh, it's an ominous title. Uh, I'm not a marketer. I didn't come up with that one, but it is very apropos. Okay. So what, what can you tell us? Because there's, there's, you know, the Hellfire Gala every year, it feels like that is a turning point for the line, you know, let alone the core book. So what are you allowed to tease about Fall of X? And then what is coming next after? Uh, great questions. Um, we do understand that, you know, part of the business is to excite both the fans and our re retail partners. I'll be very honest with you in that the fall of X um, is a rough road um, for Krakoa. You know, what I've been saying is that mutants have been so successful for so long. How long could you expect their enemies to put up with it? And, uh, last year at the Hellfire Gala, and we've seen hints of this and over the course of the year, they, um, Orcus, the organization that they're up against and has some of my favorite villains in it. We have MODOK, we have an, uh, 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 an aspect of uh, Sinister in Dr. Stasis, and we have uh, a wonderful new villain uh, that Pepe Larraz drew named Phalong. They've come together, they poisoned... Um, the mutant medicine. And so they've, what you can expect out of the hellfire gala this year is an attack on both their hard power and their soft power. And, um, they've been framed for a lot of murders and we now are nodding to our past continuity by calling this in world, the mutant massacre, um, where the mutants perpetrated the massacre and people believe it. Um, you know, absent of true information, it's such an emergency that Captain America Steve Rogers reconvenes 
um, uh, hit the Unity Squad. So we have a new Uncanny Avengers team, and Iron Man uh, is dealing with effectively what is an Armor Wars three for him, where he's watched the technology that he has used to save man for so long be used to uh, uh, they're they're put into the Sentinels now, so that those killer mur murder bots have Iron Man technology. And he was, when you put on an, an iron suit for a living, you worry a lot about Magneto. So even Magneto can't shred these things because he's got some anti-Magneto technology that now is baked into this. So they, uh, we had to be really good to our villains. And I think that's a good lesson for anyone that wants to get into writing serialized comics is to uh, be generous to your villains, give them a, a lot of page time and panel time and, and make them very relatable. And I think we've done that. And so now those dominoes have all been set up and they're starting to, no pun intended, they're starting to fall. And there are really big consequences, including the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost, which makes no sense because those two people really do kind of hate each other. But for the folks out there that, that say, well, how could that possibly be? Well, you'll have to read it, but I promise you, you will love it, even if you hate the idea of it. Do you have any idea how long I have yearned to hear somebody say the words Armor Wars 3? That's right. Um, I Iron Man was a character that um, I fell in love with. I was uh, reading new issues off the rack in the 80s. John Romita Jr., I think, did Iron Armor Wars 2, if I'm not mistaken, right? And those stories were so easy to understand. You perverted something that I made that I was wholesome and good, something that I, Tony was trying to redeem himself with this and lost the ability to control his creation. And now it's happened on this global grand scale. And so <clears throat> there was the the question at the top when you swing big ideas i think marvel editorial wanted to know that i wasn't making tony um a side character in an x-men story when they sort of when we hashed it out and they could really see oh this is a great Tony Stark story, and it's a great Iron Man story. Uh, so we have a new uh, Iron Man armor that Tony calls the Mark Nil. It does not exist on on anything other. It doesn't exist on paper. It's uh, a suitcase armor, and when it goes on him, he can cloak like a, a predator, which is also, I guess, a, a Disney character. I can say. <laughs> we, in the, uh, they're not gonna. Yeah, actually, it's Predators fighting Logan right now. Which you heard Ben Percy? Yeah. No, uh, so we have this Mark Nil armor. It's this really cool d designed. It can cloak. Uh, it can disappear. Uh, the one thing that Tony Stark didn't figure out how to do was cloak the boot the exhaust, the jets from the boots. So it almost has a Spider-Man like quality where there, he uses magnets uh, to get around when he can. And they're, you know, they're on their, their, they're really, their backs are to the wall. And Tony Stark, we have, I think, given this up uh, to entice everyone to check it out. He becomes the black thing, black. <clears throat> Tony Stark becomes the, Black King of the Hellfire Club. Uh, and 
you know, so some aspects of this world have shrunk very fast and others have expanded and we have these really crazy orbits and it's all beautifully drawn. I think Phil Noto's coming back to X-Men, Josh Kassara's sticking around. It Every day I wake up, I get new email with beautiful pages and uh, what a dream job it is. So, uh, you know, thank you to you and to all the readers um, for making it possible. Jerry Duggan, thank you for joining us. Exciting times ahead for you, the X-Men, Tony Stark, and everybody else. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching and or listening to this special edition of Marvel Standom. We'll be back soon with more of our San Diego coverage, as well as some fun book clubs with me and Joe George. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Den of Geek US. Check out our Twitch and TikTok at Den of Geek TV and our Twitter slash Instagram at Den of Geek. We're also on threads if you're into that. Don't forget to check out our web home of denofgeek.com where you can find all our Marvel coverage and more. We also have a paranormal and horror pop culture show called Talking Strange hosted by Aaron Sagers. Check that out if you're into the more spooky and weird stuff. Thanks once again to our sponsor eBay and thank you all for joining us today. Be good to each other and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Marvel Standom, produced by Andrew Halley, Kirsten Howard, and Joe George. Hosted by Kirsten Howard. Editing and graphics by Andrew Halley. Social media coordinator, Lee Parham. Additional artwork by Chloe Lewis. Production assistant, Michael R. Music licensed from soundstripe.com. Marvel Standom is a production of the Den of Geek Network. For more information, visit denofgeek.com.